welcome to Peaceful Ease. We all have the necessary strength and wisdom to solve most of our problems. What we often lack is a quiet space to think clearly and calmly. This podcast is all about tapping into that zone of inner wisdom. My name is Mario Pereca, and I'd like to invite you to join myself and Ela Crane every Monday and Friday. We'll be here to guide you to that endless power and insight within until you learn how to get there and function from there by yourself. This is a journey about being authentic, learning how to trust your instincts, realizing that each and every one of us are not just enough, but also perfect the way we are right now. Hey everyone, Mario Pereca here, and I am joined as always by Ela Crane, and we'd like to welcome you to the Peaceful Ease podcast. As always, you can get a hold of us and join in on all the fun. Ask Ela any questions, share any thoughts or ideas with us here at the show with the Peaceful Ease hotline. Our number is 424-625-5562. Again, that's 424-625-5562. You can call us 24-7 and leave us a message. And also, you can email us, podcast at peacefulease.com is our email address. So we want to encourage you to write to us, call us, and don't forget to keep up with everything Ela's doing at peacefulease.com. That is her website. Ela, how's everything going this evening or this morning? It's evening for you, morning for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's good. How are you? I'm doing great. Been a nice day today. We were talking. I was a little bit low energy earlier. Now we hit the record button and it's like the switch flipped and now I'm feeling really good. How about yourself? Yeah, I like the same. I was in the garden. I'm still in Switzerland and I'm leaving in five days for a 50 mile hike. So I'm excited. I'm nervous going through the Alps. We will start in Switzerland and cross the border into Italy and then just keep going and going for a whole week. And I look forward to that. So I was just relaxing today in the garden. You probably should relax before that long, long hike. <laughs> but make sure when you're in Italy that you carb up and eat some pasta. <laughs> I know. We just have to eat whatever they give us because we hike all day. So we hike from one hut to another hut or cabin. And by the time we arrive, it's dinner time anyway, early dinner, 5, 6 p.m. And then around 8 p.m., we are just like completely knocked out. And I think we are going to get a lot of pasta in Italy, yes. That's good. <laughs> I can't think of a better place. I mean, even with my chef background, when I went to Italy those two times, that's the best food I've ever had. Yeah, I agree. It's just at a different level. Yeah, absolutely. But let's talk really quickly because there's something that we were chatting about that you brought up. And it's so funny when you bring up topics, it's like we're on the same wavelength because I was just on a podcast this week as a guest myself. And one of the topics that came up on this podcast was we were talking about, I actually told, she asked me to tell my story. So I told my story and then we we're talking about success and achievement. And one of the things that I said was, I think that one of the key factors in my own personal success is my ability and willingness to let things go. Because I've tried so many, as an entrepreneur, I've been an entrepreneur for 10 years, and I've tried and started so many different things and ideas, but intuitively, when I feel that something isn't quite right or just isn't flowing or isn't being accepted the way that I thought it would be or, or whatever, 
I have the ability to just let it go and move on to the next thing and not really get hung up on that last thing that did or didn't work. A lot of people get hung up saying, oh, it was a failure or whatever. I say, what did I learn from that? What experience did I take from that that I can apply to the next thing and make it better? And so this whole topic of letting things go or in like just moving on to the next thing and being able to do that when it's right or when it feels right absolutely fascinates me. And you mentioned letting go as we were chatting before we hit record. So I thought that I just wanted to bring that up and get your take on it. Yeah. And it's funny you say that because I feel like I get whatever I want from life and I stop asking for it. Like the moment I can say, okay, okay, fine. You know, I don't really have to have that. Bang. You know, that's when it happens. And I think that's a form of letting go too. Absolutely. And in fact, I feel like there are different kind of forms of letting go. And one is, yes, like letting things free, let them be, that's one. But I also feel there is letting through. So there are a lot of emotions. If you remember the Rumi poem we mentioned in one episode, there are a lot of emotions coming to our door every morning. And unless we let them through, they accumulate in front of our door. And then we have to suppress them. And then we feel exhausted because it takes so much energy to ignore those emotions, banging on the door or trying to sneak in through the windows kind of thing. So there is also letting through, which is not very accepted in our culture and society. If you think about if you see someone, an adult crying, generally we think that person is a weak person even though that person is letting something through, letting sadness, letting grief through perhaps, and processing it the right way. But still we look up to people who seem numb. Even our heroes in movies, they show very little emotion, if anything other than love maybe. Not much, I would say. And hence we discriminate emotions. So we focus on love and happiness, these two, and the rest we just want to ignore and block. And then they weigh on us sooner or later because they're there. Do you think that we only focus on love and happiness? I think it's the emotions that we experience the most often or we label the most often. Because to me, it's being able, from an emotional standpoint, it's being able to recognize an emotion which allows me to then process it and get through it. Like you'd let it through, like you said. When we don't really do that, when we're not brought up to do that by society, I think we tend to lump different emotions together into different categories. And then if it's really not that emotion, it feels almost incomplete. Like if it's anger and we lump it into anger, but it's really rejection or something of that nature, Mm -hmm. when you mislabel it, because you don't let things through initially or you're not taught to do that, I think it makes it more difficult to get through it than it does if you know what it is and you can acknowledge it, see it for what it is, let it through and move on. Would you agree with that? Yes, absolutely. And it's funny, I think we are not even good at defining these subtle differences in emotions anymore. Like if I can find that document, I'll create a link in the episode description. But I had this document about eight different types of love in ancient Greece. So today love is mostly like just this relationship-oriented love we think about. And the language also is very limited. For example, in Turkish, there is 
love that you feel towards a friend or towards a relative and that completely different word for the love you feel towards your partner, girlfriend or boyfriend or husband or wife. So there are different words for it. And I'm sure there are languages that would have four or five different types of love. But at least in English, I feel we are limited by the words too. That's such a great point. And I remember growing up, going to Catholic school, because I went to Catholic school when I was a kid, they would teach us about the different types of love that the Catholic Church teaches about, like the agape and all of those types of things. And there was just different levels of like the love God has for us, or if that's your faith, and the love that you have for someone else. And, you know, I love you because of or in spite of and all of those different things. So those little distinctions make a big difference for how you let things through and whether or not you're really able to let them go and move on to the next thing. And it's incredible the impact these words or the culture has on us because I was having this conversation with a German speaker just a couple of days ago and I can say I love you very easily to friends, to family members. And every time I say it, for example, to my father-in-law, who's like from Switzerland, I can feel the discomfort on his face. And I was asking my brother-in-law, saying, why is that? Like, am I doing something wrong? Well, I really love my father-in-law and I just want to say that. And he said, oh, that's because in German, you will never say that. Like when you say ich liebe dich in German, it's this love you feel towards like the opposite gender or another kind of relationship. And there is no way around that you can say, oh, I love you, dad, or I love you, like in English, you know, like, I love you. You know, you can just say that, shout that even. <laughs> and that's apparently like not so easy in German. So it's amazing that people express less love due to the kind of restriction in the language. Yes, absolutely. And it's the words, how we attach those feelings to them and the emotions. And, you know, I think I read somewhere that, don't quote me on the exact number, but I'm very close and it'll it's just, it's very telling that there are thousands of words in the English language for different emotions. And when you ask people to write down what emotions they experience, on average, what emotions do you experience the most? They write less than 12. <laughs> I believe that. So even if there's a thousand words, you're still writing less than 12. That's, <laughs> and that's what we experience. Or what we, it's not what we experience. It's what we recognize we experience. And I think that that's like what we're talking about. Just how, if you think about it, how many different emotions can you communicate through language that you experience in a given day? Yes. And how many do you even allow yourself? Like most people feel jealousy and they get angry and they go on about the anger. So the issue in that discussion becomes why are you angry rather than why are you jealous? Don't you trust me? So even among that 12, we discriminate. We don't want to talk about our jealousy, but we are okay to talk about being angry and things being unfair. And to that point, I think that, and you as a coach would know this as well, and you could speak to this even more. I think a lot of people cover up the deeper issues with less severe issues when it comes to emotions as well that way. Because I think jealousy is something that is, that's at the root cause but instead of saying, I feel jealous, because, you know, who says that? Who says, I feel really jealous? It makes you sound... But if you say, I'm angry, that seems more acceptable. Mm -hmm. And so you can kind of use the band-aid of anger to cover up the wound of jealousy. 
Yes, and we are trained to do that. We are encouraged to cover up. If you say, I, I feel jealous, people would be disturbed by that statement, even if you could say it, you know, people would be like, oh, you know, it's just uncomfortable because we don't know how to process that. Like if somebody said, I feel jealous of you, how does that make you feel? And do you know how to respond to that? But if somebody is angry at you because of jealousy, then you're like, you can work on the anger because we know how to deal with that. So our capacity, in a way, is narrowed down. And I don't think it's wrong to feel jealous. I don't think if that's wrong. I think that, you know, if you feel jealous, that's the way you feel. I think it's more wrong to not address it and not get over it and not figure it out because there's a reason for it. Mm -hmm. So it's like if someone gets ill, if someone says, I have the flu, you don't say, oh, that's wrong. <laughs> You're bad. You have the flu, right? <laughs> and it's like you have an illness, you have symptoms that are caused by an underlying cause, an underlying illness. And I think it's the same thing with like being jealous. I mean, it shows up in certain ways, but we tend to think that jealousy is a negative thing. Or, you know, if someone says I'm jealous, it's like, quote unquote, wrong to be jealous almost in society. So people would say, you know, why are you? And so it's the same thing. Why are you jealous? That's the symptom. What's the underlying cause of your jealousy? And then how do you alleviate that so that you don't have to allow that emotion? How do you get through it? Like we were just talking about, let it through mm -hmm. so that you don't allow that to dictate your actions and how you show up in the world and the results that you get. Yes. And I think this brings us to this full circle of letting it be and letting it through and letting go. And I have a poem today I wanted to share with you. And I think I really read it so many times. I don't know. I used to read it like on a daily basis, like a prayer. And I think it covers all forms of letting go. It's a beautiful, beautiful poem. I can't wait to hear it, by all means. Okay, so it's called... She Let Go by Reverend Sapphire Rose She let go without a thought or a word. She let go. She let go of the fear. She let go of the judgments. She let go of the confluence of opinions swarming around her head. She let go of the comedy of indecision within her. She let go of the right reasons, wholly and completely, without hesitation or worry. She just let go. She didn't ask anyone for advice. She didn't read a book on how to let go. She didn't search the scriptures. She just let go. She let go of all the memories that held her back. She let go of all the anxiety that kept her from moving forward. She let go of the planning and all the calculations about how to do it just right. She didn't promise to let go. She just let go. She didn't analyze whether she should let go. She didn't call her friends to discuss the matter. She didn't call the prayer line. She didn't utter a word. She just let go. No one was around when it happened. There was no applause or congratulations. No one thanked her 
or praised her. No one noticed a thing, like a leaf falling from a tree. She just let go. There was no effort. There was no struggle. It wasn't good and it wasn't bad. It was what it was and it is just that. In the space of letting go, she let it all be. A small smile came over her face. A light breeze blew through her and the sun and the moon shone forevermore. That's it. What did you think of the first time you read that? I thought, wow, this person who's wrote this poem has really let go. She knows what she's talking about. And I had to read it again and again to grasp the width of her understanding. What came up for you? I think the part that hit me the most, aside from the fact of what we've been talking about, letting it go, letting it be, letting it through, is the part that talked about it's not good, it's not bad, it just is. Because I think that a lot of people, especially with emotions and with the things that we've been talking about on this episode, they get caught up in, like when you say jealousy or anger or any of those things, happiness, love, there's a connotation to it. And when you can realize that letting go, there is no connotation. It's just let it go, let it through, let it be. It's not good, bad, right, wrong. It just is. Then you can really move on to the next. Mm -hmm. Without judgment, there is no good or bad. If you just remove the judgment, then you couldn't say this emotion is good, this emotion is bad. Because what we call bad wouldn't, couldn't exist without the opposite and vice versa. So if we could just accept that the way we feel, all the vast range of emotions we feel, it's just kind of result of us being here in this form of human beings. And that there's nothing new about it. People were feeling jealous or angry, or they were in love millions of years ago. When they were like living in the caves, they were feeling the same emotions. There's no new emotion invented last year or something. And we are still feeling them, and we will hopefully still feel them, unless we numb ourselves with drugs and medication. And I hope we won't, because they will just accumulate in front of our doors, like Rumi said. Whereas if we can fill them and remove our judgment of good and bad and just see that even the hardest emotions like grief, sadness, depression, hopelessness, they come and they go. If we could just have that perspective, if we could just let them through, we would then allow ourselves to be fully human. Wouldn't that be nice? That would be nice. And Ela, I want to thank you for this episode. This is, reading the poem, everything that we talked about was a great conversation, really. I think it's going to leave the listeners thinking long and hard about emotions and letting go and letting be and really identifying what they're feeling and how they 
get to that next level. So I want to ask you before we sign off, do you have any exercise or anything that you want to leave listeners with? Exactly what you said. Identify how you feel. And as Clive Holmes always says, identify it, but do not identify with it. So if you're feeling down, sad, exhausted, or happy, or energetic, negative or positive, don't judge it. And just let yourself feel it and see that you are not that emotion. You have that emotion at that moment, but you're not, you don't have to identify with it. You can just identify it and let it through. It's a very, very profound quote. I know. I love that quote. And I repeat it to myself throughout the day quite a few times. And it's really deepens as you think about it. Identify it, but do not identify with it. I think that's a great way to seal up this episode and get ready for the next one. Ela, thank you so much. I want to remind people to give us a call. I would, I'd love to hear, and I know you would too, Ela, feedback from today's conversation via either the Peacefully's hotline, which is 424-625-5562. That is the number. Or you can email us, podcast at peacefullease.com. Make sure you catch up with everything Ela's up to at her website, peacefullease.com. And Ela, thank you so much again, and I look forward to the next episode. Thank you, Mario. See you soon. And thank you to everyone who's listening. For Ela Crane, I'm Mario Pareca. Thank you so much. And we will talk to you on the very next episode of the Peaceful Ease Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Peaceful Ease Podcast. If this episode resonated with you, please share it with friends and family. Remember, the bigger the support, the more fun the journey becomes. If you'd like to get in touch with Ela, you can reach out to her at peacefulease.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Until next time, be kind to yourself.